Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Lamed Beis. Today's shir is the Ilunishmas David ben Yaakov, Mordechai ben Yaakov, and Lei ben Yisrael Yitzchak Halevi. May the Neshamas have an aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. And today's shir is also for a first of Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam, Chai Chai Kabas Boba Michla, and Elisheva Bas Liba. May they have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, so, yeah, so first I just want to apologize for the confusion at the beginning of last year. I think the main principles were there, but the way I was giving it over and bringing it from the Gemara was, uh, I just didn't have uh, clear enough. I'm really, really sorry about that. Um, secondly, just on the, we ended off last year just before the Mishnah on Lamed Aleph Amud Beis, 31b, the Gemara there, um, so just before the Gemara there, says what's the point of signing a document? Because either the Adim and you know, we just say, what's the point of signing a document? Either the ADM will remember the date, or putting the date on the document, because either way, the ADM will remember the date, or, um, either they will remember the date, or they will have to read the date from the star, and then they can't testify, because the Pesach says, it has to be verbal, the ADUS, and not reading from writing. She said, what's the point of dating a star? But if you follow that line of reasoning, what's the point of a star? What's the point of any document verifying anything? Either the aid, you're going to see the ADM on the document and you're going to call them to come and testify. And if they remember, good. If you can get hold of them, if you can find them, if, you can, if they can remember, good. If not, then, uh, then how's it going to help that you're going to read what it says on the star? Oh, it says that Reuben and Shimon witnessed me lending, uh, me borrowing money for you. Oh, it witnessed so-and-so getting married. It witnessed this divorce. If they can't read it from the star, so what's the point of the star? Um, if, if you follow that line of reasoning. So there are a few approaches in there. He's showing him. Um, I'd rather leave it as a question for you to think about. But just to mention, on the surface, the Rambam takes a very radical approach. The Rambam says that all staros are all staros are only in I realize it's not practical that for every single transaction that you need to record that you have ADIM and that you make sure those ADIM remember what's going on. Remember, you're going to have a, a, you're going to have a bond for 20 odd years. So what you're going to have to make sure, the bank's going to have to make sure that the witnesses are on top of it and aware and remember what went on for those 20 years. Um, a wedding, a, a ksuba. Ksuba, hopefully, hopefully the marriage is going to last uh, many tens of uh, years. And uh, then the husband's going to die, and they're going to just have to see what must be paid out to the wife, etc. What's owed to her children, you know. So what, they can't use the star, they're going to have to go. So, so the Rambam on the surface seems to say that it's all Midrabonim, this that we rely on Staros, which also creates problem, and it doesn't seem uh, true. So the Rishonim and the Achronim analyze what does the Rambam really mean, how far is he taking it, and uh, yeah, there are other... There are other approaches to that sugya, but it's just an interesting question according to the Gemara that said, it says, Mipihem, they have to say the Eidos, they can't read it from a, from a document and uh, say what it says there. <coughs> okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah towards the bottom of 31b. Um, the Mishnah says, Gimel Achin, sorry, Gimel Achin, also Gimel Nochrios. Three brothers married three unrelated women. Umeis Echon Mehem Mamar. One of them died, and the second brother came and did mamar, or mace, and then he died, that brother who did mamar. They have to, these women both have to do chalitza and not yibum. Shenemar, as it says, if one of the brothers died, this is from the apostle, if one of the brothers died, etc. Yovomo yovo oleho. She oleho zikas yovom echod. It's only you only do yibum to a woman which has one zika, where she sorry, where she's falling to the brother from one zika and not where she's falling to the brother from two zikas. Before we do Rabbi Shimon in the Mishnah, let's just get this clear. So you have Ruvain, Shimon and Levi. Ruvain dies and his wife falls in yibum to Shimon and Levi. Shimon does mamar. Remember, the standard approach of Mamar is it's a semi, a semi yibum, semi marriage. And then Shimon dies. Now, Shimon's wife falls to Levi. That's obvious. And this wife 
She's falling to Levi, but she's falling to Levi from the Mamar of Shimon and from, the, from when Ruvain died, because no one did give him to her subsequent to Ruvain dying. So, I mean, and she's been, I mean, Levi's been a viable Yavam the whole time. So there, the Mishnah says that he can't do Yibum to her because she's falling from two Yavamim. She's falling again from the Mamar of Shimon and from the original Yibum of Ruvain. That's the Rabbonin's opinion. Why would someone do Mamar and not just go Yibum straight away? Um, so, thing? if I remember correctly, Chazal encouraged it. I don't remember the details of that sugya. I think it's coming up. But Chazal encouraged it. And the reason is it's kind of like, you don't want him to just um, be intimate with her and that's the marriage. You want it to be more like Kiddushin, that he um, he discusses it, it's consensual, he gives her a ring, she accepts it, and then you do Yibum. I think that's the one. So to, like it's less promiscuous. I think that's the one. The other reason he might do it is... Um, I just I don't know how the laws of uh, Avelus work with Yivum because he's taking the place of his brother, so I don't know how they work. But I was imagining it might just not be the time that someone wants to perform a marriage. Their brother just died, the family's in turmoil, so he'll do mamar to um, to tell her she's, she said she she will have Yivum done, but we'll do it in a when a, when the time's right. Or a third possibility I thought is maybe also just to call dibs on her so that the other brothers don't. Uh, don't uh, do Yibum. So those are, and I, as I said, but I think the main reason I think Chazal encourage it, um, if not if not insist on it. Um, obviously, if Mamar wasn't done, the Yibum is valid, but that it should be done. Um, oh. Yes. When there are several brothers, which one has the Zika to the. Uh, yeah. So, no, no, so that's a very good question. It depends on how you learn about Zika. In a way, they each have the options of Yibum. So some opinions learn Yesh Zika. We consider it in a way as if she's married to each of the brothers. Um, others view it as if the one she ends up marrying is the one that she's had the Zika to the whole time. And other, the, yeah, the one she ends up doing Yibum or Chalitza to is the one she had the Zika to the whole time. And as we've seen other opinions, other to know, there's no such thing as Zika. But yeah, so, that, so, so she's open to all the brothers. Remember also we saw earlier the, fir- the oldest of the, the remaining brothers gets first, first choice, first option. I ask him, do you want to do Yibum? If he says, no, that would go to the second brother, the second oldest, and then the third oldest, etc. Um, but regarding the Zika, so that depends on how you hold with the Sugi of Yesha and Zika. We've seen multiple Zika opinions. Is the connection. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, so there's two types of connections. There's the Doraisa connection, and we know there's a Doraisa connection because... She's not allowed to go marry any other. I had two. We had two reasons of the for the Doraisa one, but the one is that oh, the, the, yeah, the two are that one is she's not allowed to marry anyone unless she does without yibum or chalitza. So we see that the, she is somehow still tied in some form of we can call it a marriage, but they don't. We don't see in the Gemara for it as marriage. She is tied to her brother-in-laws, and also um, yibum can be performed against her will. Uh, she doesn't have to have consent for Yibum. And there, so we see, but if it was like a marriage, there has to be consent. So we see that there's a, there is an underlying bond. When we use that, so, so there is some sort of Doraisa connection between her and the brother-in-laws, or all the wives and all the brother-in-laws. But when we refer to Zika, we mean, is there this rabbinic viewing it as a marriage? According to... Uh, the Torah law, there's no way, we wouldn't view as a marriage, her relatives wouldn't be Osir, it's not like she's her, the co-sister's wife, Yibum, you know, or the Zika's wife, it's all those things that we saw that as if they're married, that's all Midrabonin, and that depends on how you learn, Yesh Zika and Zika. Okay, so that's the Rabbonin's opinion. Um, yeah, obviously, if, so, so just again, the case Ruvain Shimon Levi, Ruvain dies, his wife falls in Yibum, Shimon does mamar and then he dies. So he said, now Ruvain's wife is falling from the, is still waiting for Yibums from Ruvain, from her husband, from her deceased husband Ruvain. So that's how the one way she's falling to Levi. And the second way she's falling to Levi is from the mamar of Shimon who just died, who had done mamar to her and then he just died. So she was kind of married to him. So she falls in Yibum. And then we said, Levi can't do Yibum because she is falling to him from two zikas. 
um, an added point just to be aware of. If Shimon would have done Yibum, then it would have, bro- it would have broken the Zika from Ruvain. And then when Ruvain subsequently dies, Levi could do Yibum. So even though she fell from Ruvain to Shimon, so there was that Zika, now Shimon's died and Levi's going to do Yibum, it broke the, the, the actual Yibum, um, dissolves the previous Zika. Okay, then Rabbi Shimon, I mean Rabbi Shimon says, he does yibum to whichever one he wants, and then he does chalitza to the second. How does Rabbi Shimon get that? So very interesting. Rabbi Shimon, remember, holds either mamar is nothing, or mamar is the same as yibum. So let's look at it from the outside. Let's look, if mamar is the same as yibum, well then he's married to, to when, when Shimon does mamar, he's got two eyes now. So one of them falls in, so, so the zika is dissolved. The, the zika from Reuven, to, from Reuven to his wife is dissolved. Now Shimon's got two wives. Shimon dies without children. They fall in Yibum to uh, Levi. Levi can choose which one he wants to do Yibum to. Okay, we said he also has to do Chalitza because maybe, maybe Mamar is nothing. Okay, Rabbi Shimon's not sure. Is it, is it, is it, is it, Rabbi Shimon's all or nothing, but he's just not sure. So if it's nothing, well then we have this woman falling from Ruvain and Levi could do, yeah, theoretically Levi could do, if, if Chas Shalom, someone's two brothers die at the same time, or at a similar time, he can do Yibum to each of their wives. But here the Mama was a problem. Well, if Mama is nothing, then you can ignore it. So granted he can do Yibum to one of the wives, the, um, he still has to do Chalitza to the other wife in case you view Yibum, as, in case you view Zika as nothing, and he should have done Yibum or Chalitza to the second wife. So either way you look at it, he can do Yibum to the one, whichever of those, whether you say Mama is, is all or you say Mama is nothing, he can do Yibum to the one. And even though if Mama was everything, the second one goes free, because we know if you do Yibum to one of the wives, the other wives go free. Since Mama might be nothing, you still have to do Chalitza. Okay, the Gemara then says, If the Zikov to your Vomim is Doraisa, then you also shouldn't have to do Chalitza. According to the Rabbonim, who hold that Mamar is something, and this that a woman falling from two Zikos, they hold Mamar is something, and this that a woman is falling from two Zikos is also Doraisa, then why do we say that they both need Chalitza? Only one should need Chalitza. Or Yibum. So Ella Midrabonan, it's actually only Midrabonan of Zaira, and it's a Gezaira. Why? Shema Yom Rebezyabomos, Abbas Mibaz, In case someone says, Oh, look, two Yibums fell from Shimon, and you can do Yibum to both of them. We know that if a man dies with multiple wives, you can, his brother can only do Yibum to one of the wives. But here it looked like they were married. Because of the Mama, it looked like Shimon had married her. So we can't allow them to do Yibum to both, because it will look like he's doing. We can't allow Levi to do Yibum to both because it looks like he's doing like both from Shimon because Shimon had done Mama. One was Shimon's wife and one was someone he had done Mama too, which also looks like his wife. So one we say he does Yibum to one and Chalitza to the other. There's no Xerah Shema Yomru buys Echod Miktoso Bonu Miktoso Cholut. No, because people might also again get the wrong impression and say that if you have two women from one house, two wives from one husband, from one brother, you do Yibum to the one, you build the one, and the others you have to do Chalitza to, which is, we know is not true. You only have to do Yibum and the rest go free. You don't have to do Chalitza to the remaining wives. So it's Av Yomru. So what? Let people say that. There's no Isur. What's wrong with doing Chalitza to someone? Can you do Yibum to the one? Why can you do Chalitza to the other? What's wrong with it? We have seen throughout the Gomorrah like certain things that might be not ideal, because then you can't marry it, not, can't necessarily marry a coin or things like that, but there's nothing major. Doing chalitza hasn't, is you're not doing any surim, you're just doing an act. And if, if chalitza is not necessary, well then it's just like playing around. Um, it's, uh, it would be the same as picking, your, uh, picking up your lulav on Pesach. You pick your lulav up to shake it on Ere Pesach just before you burn. You're not doing anything, there's nothing wrong with it. Okay, if you're intending to fulfill okay. the but that would be, so, so Chalitza in a case, what's wrong with it? So he's, You're right, that would be fine if they did Yibum first and then Chalitza. The concern is if you tell me that the one wife you have to do Yibum to and the other wife you have to do Chalitza to, he might actually do Chalitza first and then Yibum. 
but come lay ba'ashel lo yivne, and then he's going against the pasuk of when he does not build. Rachmana Omar kivan shelabana shuv lo yivne. The Torah says if he's not building the house, I once he's done chalitza, there's a negative commandment to go and do yibum. So if he did chalitza to the one wife, then he would not be allowed to marry. So it's a negative commandment to do yibum or to marry any of the other wives. So that's the concern that he'll do it in the wrong order. Okay, now a new point. Da'araisa, in the case of Yibum, a get does nothing. Midrabonon, the get is basically the same as Chalitza, but obviously since it doesn't do anything, you'd have to give a get and a Chalitza. So if one or so, a brother falls in Yibum, and instead of doing Chalitza, he gives her a get. So now it's Midrabonon, it's as if they divorce, but obviously they still need Chalitza. Now, Ravi is going to discuss a case where he gave a get not to work as chalitza, but to dissolve the mamar. Remember, if mamar is a marriage in the context of yibum, then what he wanted to do here was not give a get as chalitza, but give a get to dissolve the mamar. So it's a very focused get. It's a very focused severance. And generally, again, if a normal case is whether he's done mamar or nothing, and he gives a woman the yavoma get, it's as if he's but here he's targeting his um, get to just dissolve the mamar. So then what happens? So, so go back to our Mishnah. I mean, the, the Gomorrah Rob will discuss it, but then when we go back to the Mishnah, so Ruvain's wife, Ruvain died, his wife fell, Shimon did mamar. And then we said, oh, and then Shimon died. We said, she's also to Levi because she's falling from both Shimon and Reuven because he was Mamar. What happens if in the interim, before Shimon died, he had given a get, not a get as Chalitza, but a get specifically to cancel the Mamar? Then she's a, a woman without Mamar, so she's falling from Reuven, not Shimon. So that's what Rob is going to discuss. So, Omar Rob, not some get le Mamara. If he gave a get to his Mamar, I but for Mamar, Hutret Sorosa, the sorrow becomes permitted. Shimon gave a get to Rachel and then dies. Leah, Reuven's wife, is now permitted to Levi. As it, and now, and the reason for it, and remember this was all a concern because it looks like Shimon's wives, two of Shimon's wives were doing Yibum. And then, so that's what we were concerned about. So therefore we said no. Um, but in this case, once he's given a get, it doesn't look like that anymore. Aval he Asura, the Michlef of Abala's get. However, this wife herself, um, Rachel would be forbidden because she'll be confused with the woman fallen to Yibum who had a get given to her. And as I said, in the normal case, when someone gives a get, the Midrabonin is as if they did Chalitza. So he can never go back and marry her. So that's why she would be also to the second brother forever. So now, Ikata Omri Omar Rav, she's not that free, well, so, so that's what I'm saying. Midrabonon is like Chalitza. So Doraisa, he hasn't done anything. Midrabonon is as if he's done it. That's the, yeah. And again, but, and, and a lot, but a lot of the sugi, remember, it's all Dorabonon because of what it looks like to two people. Ah, oh, he did mamar to her. Look, he, I, remember, I remember their wedding ceremony. He gave her a ring and said, will you be my mamar? So, uh, so they, they married. And now you're telling me they both do Yibum or they both do Chalitza. That creates confusion. Or Robert says, but if he gave a get to the mamar, well, then everyone says, oh, look, they've separated. It's, it's fine. He can marry someone else. She can marry someone else. Okay, he says, Ikid Omri, some had a slightly different version. Omar, Robert, Nosan, get la mamara, hutra afiluhi. If he gives a get to the mamar, even that woman is permitted. So even, so let's say, um, Shimon gave a get to, he did mamar, and then he gave a get. He, even he could remarry her. My time, my Whatever he had done, either mamar or he has removed. The get completely dissolves the mamar. So even though generally, again, if a man in the waiting for Yibum would give the Yavoma a get, it's kind of like he's done Khalitsa and we never let him marry her again. Here, all he did was mamar, and he gave again that targeted get that undoes the mamar, so he can marry her. What he, what he done, he undid. Okay, let's go to the next Mishnah. Two brothers were married to two sisters, and then one of them died, and then the, sis, the wife of the second one, the sister of the living brother died. 
she's also to him forever. She was forbidden to him at one moment. Again, Ruvain fell in Yibum to uh, Ruvain's wife, Rachel, fell in Yibum to Shimon. Shimon is married to Rachel's sister. Leah. So he can't do Yibum. So what happens? Rachel goes free because it's so as ever. And now just shortly, very quickly, after soon soon after that, Shimon's wife dies. So now she's not his sister anymore. So we say no, since she went since she was also for a moment, as while Shimon's wife was alive, her sister was alive, she remains also forever. Shita, this is so obvious. Over there, we had an earlier Mishnah, those remember a few days ago, when we had three brothers married to, uh, three brothers, two of them married to two sisters and one married to an unrelated person. And then we said if Ruvain died, Shimon could not do Yibum, as it's his wife's sister. Levi did Yibum. And then we said when Shimon dies and then Levi dies, he still can't do Yibum to that woman. To the to Rachel who fell from Ruvain because she was also to him at the moment she fell from Ruvain, even though subsequently Levi did Yibum and now theoretically she should be permitted to her since she was also to him once. She's always also to him. So if in that case, she wasn't ever rejected from that house. There was always Yibum over, hovering over her. Even though she couldn't do Yibum to Shimon, she could do Yibum to Levi. So the aspect of Yibum never left her, from that family never left her. And still we say, Midcha, she's pushed aside. Omar Tolo, you say she can't do Yibum. Hacha to come Midcha, Mihai Beisa, now that she is pushed aside from this house completely, like Amri, like Kol obviously. So once I had that earlier case, why do I need this case? So Gomorrah says, yeah, Tanaha, Tanabaresha. You're right, it actually taught this one first. The less obvious, the more obvious case first. Okay, in this case, the second her husband dies, and his brother is married to her sister, she goes free. So that's quite obvious that you can't rebound her in Yibum. At some point down the line, Shimon's husband, uh, wife's star. Oh, so he's not married to her sister, she now reawakens Yibum. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that was obvious, so he taught this Mishnah. And he actually thought, thought in the previous Mishnah that since it was coming, since she hadn't left the house, and she had done Yibum to Levi. And now Levi died. Maybe it's fine. For Sharia, and therefore he permitted her. It says, And then he said, wait, actually it's Osir. At the end of the day, she was Osir for a moment to Shimon. She remains Osir to Shimon. Sorry. Yeah, she remains Osir to Shimon. Since it's a novelty, he put it first. But he left this mission in his place. So you're right, really, this mission is not necessary. But because... But he just left it here. Again, I explained the other day, we had a very similar line of thinking. That they used to have to remember the Mishnah. So they used to kind of like, I guess, memorize, uh, let's say, a parak as a block. To change a Mishnah, or to take out, would confuse their memory. But to add in, say, add in these three lines, would not confuse it. So that's what he rather did. Okay, next point. Now, um, So the case of the Mishnah, two brothers married to two sisters, and he then does Yibum. He was supposed to, she was supposed to go free, because it's his wife's sister. But instead of letting go free, he, well, he did the act of Yibum. He says he's liable to both his Aishasah, sleeping with his brother's wife, which we know, except in a case of Yibum, is one of the Arayas, and he's also liable for sleeping with his wife's sister. So that's two different Arayas that he's liable to. Rabbi Shimon, Oime Rabbi Shimon says, no, he's only liable because of Aishasah, his brother's wife. He's not liable because of Achos Isha. And um, this is a famous sugya, relevant to, I guess, in a way, the whole of Shas. Um, I'll maybe give an, uh, give an example to Pesach uh, soon. But this is Isur Khanal Isur. If someone's already not allowed to do something because it's forbidden, can, and then another Isur comes, can it be added to that? So in this case, 
He's forbidden to this woman as his brother's wife, and then he marries her sister. So do we say that Esau falls on top of her? So now he's forbidden to her in two ways. What do we say? She's already also to him. So you can't have, she can't be doubly also to him. There's no such thing. So that's the question of Isr Khalal Isr. So the Rabbonin clearly hold, yes, Isr Khalal Isr, because they said he's liable to both. If this man, when he's not allowed to do Yibum because it's an erva of his wife, she's related to his wife, she's an erva to him, he's not allowed to do Yibum, he's liable to both. So Aishasach and Achosisha. And Rabbi Shimon says, no, he's only liable to Aishasach. He says, oh, but wait, we have a price where Rabbi Shimon says, no, he's only liable for. Because of his wife's sister, not because of his wife. It depends whether the brother who survived married first or the brother who died married first. I, who got married first, Ruvain or Shimon? If uh, yeah, and can, and she, the other one is where Ruvain got married and then Shimon got married. Let's just analyze quickly. If Ruvain gets married first, then Shimon's not allowed to marry her. Or would never be allowed, would, would, is, she's also to Shimon as his brother's wife. If he subsequently marries her sister, well, we don't say Isr Khalal Isr. He's already, so he's only also to as his brother's wife, and that's why he's transgressed. If he gets married first, Shimon gets married first, then he's not allowed to marry her sister because of his wife's sister. If his brother subsequently marries that woman, we don't say that the Isr of his brother's wife falls on top of that. So that's the difference, Rabbi Shimon. It just depends on the order because of Ain Isur Halal Isur. Moses says, Oh, Rabbi Shimon, and that's what it's, yeah, the Gemara is going to just flesh that out. Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Shimon, where the mace married first, I Ruven got married first, and then Shimon got married. Why don't we allow him to do Yivum? Ah, very good question. If Reuven marries this woman, so now why is she also to Shimon? As Aisha's Ach, his brother's wife. And what else do we say? So then even though he subsequently married her sister, she's not also to him as his sister's wife. She's only also to him as his brother's wife. So why can't he do Yibum in that case? So Amar Abashi, Isra, Akhaz, Isha, Misle, Tolivakai says no. The Akhaz, it's not that it falls away and it's gone for good. It's hanging there. If the Isra of Aishas Ach falls away, I like in this case where his brother dies without children, then Achos Isha will fall in its place. And therefore it's never removed. The Isra of Aishas Ach is not, in the, in the end of the day, the Isra of Aishas Ach is not removed. I, so it's not that we, we see, oh, he married her, he's married his brother's wife's sister, so that Isra falls away and he can never be also to because no it's hovering the one that's taken hold of him the Isra that's taken well taken hold of her to him is his brother's wife because Ruvain married this woman and this that he married her sister is now hovering so if at any point his brother's wife is taken away like his brother died without children and in that case he would be permitted to his brother's wife then the other one's going to take hold it's just hovering waiting to take hold um Yeah. Since as soon as um, the Aishas Ach is lifted, Achos Isha would be Chal, and therefore she would not fall in Yibum. So then at the end of the day, the Aishas Ach is never, the Achos, yeah, Aishas Ach is never taken away. Obviously, Rabbi Yossi, Isur Chalal Isur. Does Rabbi Yossi really hold that there is Isur Chalal Isur? Again, Rabbi Yossi said he's liable to, if a man does, has relations with this woman, I, his wife's sister, who was married to his brother, he's liable to both. That implies that Rabbi Yossi holds for Isu Chalal Isu. It says, For hot time, we learned in another brisa of Araveira, Sheesh Boshtei Misois, Nidon Bechamura. If a man does an Aveira, that he's liable to two different death penalties, he's liable for the stricter one. I, for example, this woman was his, um, she's a married woman and his mother in law. Fairly common. If he would um, be intimate with her, he would transgress adultery, a, a married woman, and he would transgress, um, um, and he would transgress being with his mother-in-law, a second arrival, even a second ever. Even if a woman, you, you never allow to 
be intimate with your wife's mother, even if she's not married. So that's a separate error. So that's two. Which one will he get punished? Both of them are liable to misois. Um So the one, chamoisa um, is shreifa, burning. She's put to death through burning. And achois, and aishas ish is put, together, put to death with strangulation, chenek. Um, Therefore, he gets the stricter one. That's the Tanakhama. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Nidon, Bezikuri, Shona, Habalov. Rabbi Yossi says, no, we, whichever Isur he was connected to first, that's the one that he will be liable to. I, if she was first his mother-in-law, and then she got married, then he'd be also to her as mother-in-law, and gets right. If he got, if she was already married, and then he married the daughter, well, then she's also to him as Aisha Sish, and they would get Hene. Achenek, strangulation. So he says, So you do it with the first issue that he was connected to. If first she was his mother-in-law, and then she got married, he gets the punishment of If you say that it is that she was first married, and then she became his mother-in-law, then he married her daughter, she's... He's judged with chenek, as if she's Aishish. Now, you can only put someone to, even if someone is liable for two deaths, for two punishments, you can only put them to death once. So if you say, Isur Khalal Isur, um, you should say the stricter one in both cases. But the fact that we say that if he was married to her with Aishish, um, uh, but the fact that we say if, he, if she was a married woman first and only then his mother-in-law, that he gets the more lenient punishment, we see Ain Isur Khalal Isur. So how can you... Um, is that right? Um, yeah, so we see... So how can you say that Rabbi Yossi holds Isur Khalal Isur? Again, our Mishnah said, if a man marries his... Um, if a man is married to... Uh, if uh, his brother's marriage to his wife's sister and he does yibum to her, he's liable to both achos isha and aishas ach. Sounds like isur chalal isur. You can transgress to one of Aira can take hold of it. One isur can take hold of another isur. Whereas we've just seen by this case of a married woman who's his mother-in-law, he says only one of them. I will see ain isur chalal isur. So Omar Rabbi Avol, Rabbi Avol says, Moide Rabbi Yosi be isur moisef. Rabbi Yosi agrees where it's an isur moisef. What's Isu Moisif? Where what is Osur becomes Osur to more. Okay? Um, I, where, the, where the Isur extends. Here she was only Osur to Shimon as his wife's sister. She's only Osur to Shimon as his wife's sister. Then Shimon's brother Reuven marries her sister. And now that applies, Aishas Ach applies to all the brothers. So she is not only also to Shimon, who's married to her sister, she is also to, also to all the brothers. Once that Isur, Aishas Ach, is taking effect on some of the brothers, it's also going to take effect on him. So that's what Rabbi Yois, that's what Rabbi, um, Rabbi Avo holds. By Isur Moisif, we do say Isur Halal Isur. So generally, he would not say Isur Halal Isur. But where it's Isur Moisif, where the, um, Rashi is afraid, where the, Piece of Isur becomes Osur to more people. Like here the woman becomes Osur to, um, to more men. Not only to him because it's his wife's sister, but also to his brothers because of their brother's wife. It's Isur Moisif. It would, be, it would take effect. Okay, this works out all very well. Where Shimon got married first, and then Reuven got married. Only then Reuven married the sister Once we're extending the Isur to his brothers, we can extend it and add it on to his Isur. But in a case where Ruvain got married, so now she was also to all the brothers, and then Shimon married her sister, that's not Isur Moisif. She was already, it's not adding it on, it's only him, it's not adding it on to anyone. So he says, So what Moisef says, Maybe he'll say it's because now he's also to all of her sisters. So he has added to the Isur. Granted, she's not also to more people, 
by him marrying a sister, he is also to more people. So Moshe says, no, hi Isra Koilelhu, that is an Isra Koilel. And I don't want to go into it now, but we take for granted that Rabbi Yossi does not hold by Isra Koilel. So very interesting, we've had two very similar phrases. One is Isra Moises, that is where that act or that thing makes her also to more people. The actual Isra, she was also to him as his wife's sister, and now she's not only also to him, she's also to all the brothers as Aishasach's brother's wife. So that's Isu Moisef. What's Isu Koilel? Where he, where through the Isu, more Isurim are and more Isurim are created. So it's not on her, it's actually, it's not her Isurim more things to him, it's just that he becomes also to all her sisters because it's his wife's sister. So that's uh, Isur Koilel. Um, and Rabbi Yossi does not hold Isur Koilel. Says, ah, oh, Elama Rob Robber. So rather, so Robber says you have to explain it as follows. Male ani olav kiilu. This is what Rabbi Yosef will say. Says, male ani olav kiilu also shtaim ve'enochavela achas. I view it as if he's liable to two, even though I view it as if he's done to Averis, even though he's only liable for one. Um, Rashi explains, but the Gemara is going to flesh it out. Is Robber holds that Rabbi Yossi does not hold for Isur Moisef or Isur Chalal. You're right, Rabbi Yossi holds ain Isur Chalal Isur. However, what Rabbi Yossi means when he says he is Chayav for both, it means as if, not, not that like if it was done by mistake that he's liable to two Korban Chattas from Emshi Joanna Beira, that's a severity of Korates, by mistake you bring Chattas. So if he was with this woman, with this woman who's his brother's wife and his wife's sister, or in the case of his mother-in-law and his uh, and a married woman, we don't. If it was by mistake, if you say Isru Chalal Isru, he'd be liable to two carbon chattas. That's not what Rabbi Yossi said. Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold for Isru Chalal Isru. What Rabbi Yossi is saying is he's viewed as a terrible person. He's the sort of person who does these two severe avayras. So not that he's liable for both of them, but he's viewed um, as if he does. Let's see the Gemara will flesh it out. Says. Um, when Rabin came, he said the name of Rabbi Yochanan. I view Rabbi the same thing. It says, if he did these two Averas, but he would only be liable for one of them. So what difference does it make? What is If he does it on purpose, he's only going to be put to death once. He's only going to get one punishment. What's the Nafkamina of saying? It says, if he did two Averas. This is the cover by Rishon Gemurim. It's to bury him amongst the Rishon Gemurim. In the in back in the day, in the times of Chazal, <coughs> in the times of the Gemara, they used. I don't know how recent they don't do it anymore, but I, and I don't know when it faded away. You can you can picture why. But they used depending on how much of a Rosh it was, they used to bury them in different. According to Tosos, depending on their level of wickedness, was where they would be buried in the cemetery. You don't want to. You don't bury Tzadikim next to Rishon. And you also don't uh, bury light level Rishoim next to a uh, higher level Rishoim, Rishoim Gemurim. Rashi seems to say, no, that it was more sanctioned by why they were put to death. Were they put to death for the most severe of skill and strike for? Or were they put to death for a slightly less aver of Herigol Chene? But either way, you don't, it's, it's how do we view him as a Rosh Gomur and place him in, the, in that section of the cemetery? Or since it was only one Isur, we view him as if that's the only Avera he did. Because that's why he was punished and put to death. That's what um, the difference is. Um, now this crea- raises a, a, a fascinating, this triggers a fascinating discussion. Um, yeah, just to clarify, so we start off the discussion of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon with a, a man who does yibum to his wife's sister. Now, Rabbi Yossi came along and said he's liable to both. He's liable to both the uh, the erva of his brother's wife, because if you're not allowed to do yibum, then that issue remains. One of the rights is your brother's wife, and he's also transgresses the erva. Rabbi Shimon came along and said, no, he's only liable to one, whichever one came first. We then brought Rabbi Avo, who said that Rabbi Yossi does hold for. I'm learning a contrary. But Rabbi Yossi comes along and says he's liable. For, he, there is Isur Koilal. Then we said, but Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold for Isur Chalal Isur, that one Isur can superimpose itself over another Isur, and that should be liable to two. And we proved that. So Rabbi Avo says, no, where it's Isur Moisev, then Rabbi Yossi holds it does take effect. So actually, there are some times where you can be liable for two Isurim that came one after the other. Obviously, where the Isurim came together, then you wouldn't be. Um, then it comes along um, Rav and says, no, Rabbi Yossi never holds for Isur 
Moisef. He never holds for Isur Chalal Isur. Oh, so what did Rabbi Yossi mean when he said that you're liable for both? means you're a terrible person. You're a Rosh Gomor as if you were liable to both. But not that you'll ever, re- in, in, actually, in actual fact, based in or will, you know, based in, in this world, you will only get punished for one. It seems, that, yeah. So that is... Yeah, seems that um, yeah, and the Nordabuda has a famous ch- just two points on this because it's quite a fascinating one that we're saying that he's not he won't get punished for both, but it's as if he did both. There's a fascinating chuba in the Nordabuda where someone asked him that he had been staying by the rabbi's house and he had committed adultery, and then later on he, he went and married the daughter. And he wants to know how he, what he does for chuba, and must he tell his wife? Nodabu have a whole discussion there. But one of the things that Nodabu says, even though Ain Isru Khalal Isu, we see from Rabbi Yosi, you still like, you not that Baisdin can punish you for both. And not that you can bring two korban khatas. I in this world it's only one. But regarding Shumayim, but we see by where the person would be buried, you it's as if you did both. Uh, you are liable for both and you still have to do chuva for both. Because you could say according to Rabbi Shimon, he, so he slept with his Yavama, who was also his wife's sister. According to Rabbi Shimon, he did only one Avera. There was only one Avera. But according to Rabbi Yossi, no, he's only punished for one, but it is as if he did two. He's still viewed as a very wicked person. Um, now, one of the Nafkim, there are a few Nafkiminas, but one of those that, um, you know, just where this discussion, or just to highlight that this is a very broad, this is not limited to Yibum. This we had in... Uh, that comes up all the time, but this well, the one that comes to your mind that during your shiv is Bachulin. If you have an animal that's a non kosher animal, does the Isu Gid, the Giranosha, apply to it? And part of that discussion is which one comes first? Do you say Isu Khalal Isur? The one only affects the Gid, one affects the Nabela, affects the whole animal. All these uh, factors Isu Khalil, Isu Moisak, Isu Khamar, that discussion comes up there. There are quite a few uh, things. Um, if someone eats non kosher on Yom Kippur, are they only liable for eating on Yom Kippur, for, for eating on kosher? But it was already osir, so the isur of Yom Kippur does not superimpose itself on it. Or do we say, no, Yom Kippur does take effect and he transgresses eating non kosher and eating on Yom Kippur. So that's, it's a very broader discussion. But here, so an interesting one, just because uh, it's Pesach next week, um, the Orsamach discusses this in uh, this Rebbe Yossi in light of what happens if you had bread that was tevil? Tevil is grain that hasn't had the trumas and masters separated from it, and you're not allowed, it's also to eat tevil, it's actually misabidation wine. So it's quite a severe issue eating tevil. And then, but it was a commerce loaf of bread. And then Pesach came, and he hadn't got rid of it. And now he eats it after Pesach. And you can say, does the issue of chomets superimpose itself onto the issue of tevil? And one of the ramifications is after Pesach, is it Chomets over a of Pesach? Is it Chomets that was left after Pesach and you still have to get rid of it? Or if not, if Chomets never superimposed itself on it, well then you could just deal with, separate the Trumas and Masras, and then it would be fine. Again, according to Rabbi Shimon, who seems to say that there is only one Isur, then it is Tevil, and even though now it's Pesach, Chomets doesn't sit on it. The Isur of Chomets doesn't take effect on it. And therefore, after Pesach, it would not be Chomet Shavarol of Pesach. Or I guess maybe if he ate it on Pesach, he would only be liable um, for one. But according to Rabbi Yossi, granted, he can only be punished for the one Avera. Both Averas are there. And therefore, it would be Osur as Chomet Shavarol of Pesach. Okay, just an interesting discussion. Now the Gomorrah, it's interesting, the Gomorrah next point starts Uva Pluxa. This, which would mean that this is actually a Machloikes as we're going to see, but that um, others learn that no, it's a new, po- it's related to this, this machloikes of Rabbi Yossi, but it's not, a, but it's a new point. But either way, we're going to bring three, three cases which are very similar, and we'll have to leave off the question at the bottom and leave it for Shabbos's da. But let's do the three cases. So the first case is, Vuplux, so this is also machloikes, de itmar. Zer sheshimus for Shabbos. If you had a non kohen serving the base amigdash on Shabbos, now what? A non-coin is not allowed to serve in the base of Migdash, and he's also not allowed to do, let's say, the shchita, etc. on Shabbos. We're going to discuss these cases more in detail in the Gemara, but he's not allowed to do like shchita and all those things on Shabbos that you would be allowed to do on the 
if you was a coin serving in the base of So there's a double problem here. One is, let's say, shechting the animal, and the other one is a non-coin doing the service in the temple. So Rebbe Chia, Omar Chayyim, Rebbe Chia says he's liable to both breaking Shabbos and as a non-coin serving in the temple. Bar Kapora, Omar Eino Chayvila Achas. Bar Kapora says he's only liable to one. Kofat Rebbe Chia Benishba. Rebbe Chia jumped up and he took a shvua. Avoid about the temple service. Avoid is a is a language of I swear by. That's what he's saying. I swear by the temple service. Kashomati mi Rebbe Shtaim. I heard from Rebbe that you're liable to two. Kofat Bar Kapora Benishba Avoid a Kashomati mi Rebbe Achas. He says, Well, I take a shvua that I heard by the temple service that. Rebbe said you're only liable to one, to, to one. So Hitchul Rebbe Chia Lodun, Rebbe Chia began to explain himself. He says, Shabbos, Lokol Nesra, Keshutra Mugdash, Eitzel Koin Hutra. Shabbos is also to everyone, and when they permitted it in the temple, we know in the base of Mikdash, you're allowed to do the Avodah, that was only for Kahanim. So Lokoyan in Hutra, Belolazarim, it was only this that you, this that you could do, Shchit in the base of Mikdash on Shabbos, I'm just giving one example, is for the Kohanim and not for the Zorim. So, Yesh Khan Mishum Zorim, Yesh Khan Mishum Shabbos. So, he's a non coin serving in the temple and he's also to do this on Shabbos. So, it's both. So, Hitgul Bar Kapora Lodun. Bar Kapora said, wait, Shabbos Tokhal Nesro Koshutra Bibidash Hutra. Ain Khan Elazorim. He says, no, Bar Kapora says, you can look at it from the following. Shabbos is also to everyone, but in the Beis Amikdash it's permitted. So, why is this guy not allowed to serve in the Beis Amikdash today? Because he's a non Kohen. So, that's what, so Bar Kapora says, that's why you would only be liable to one. Okay, we bring another example. He says, A kohen with a blemish that served in the Beis Amikdash while Tomei. So just, um, yeah. Kohanim, kohanim are not allowed to serve in the Beis Amikdash while Tomei. However, if a majority of an Israel or a majority of kohanim are Tomei, then they are allowed to serve in the Beis Amikdash. A balmum, a kohen with a blemish, is not allowed to serve in the Beis Amikdash. So let's assume the case is where if he wants a regular kohen, uh, what's a, I think it's a kohen tam, I don't know the exact language for a kohen without a blemish, he's allowed to serve in the base of Mikdash even though he's Tomei. But since it's Balmum, how do we apply? So Rebbe Chia, Omer Chayev, Shtayim, Bar Kapora, Omer Eino Chayev, Achas. Rebbe Chia says he's liable to two, and Bar Kapora says no, he's only liable to one. Kofot, Rebbe Chia, Minish, Baha, Voida, Kashomati, Mirebi, Shtayim. Rebbe Chia jumped up and said, I swear by the temple service that Rebbe said you're liable to two, and Kofot, Bar Kapora, Minish, Baha, he said, I take a shvua by the temple service that Rebbe said, you're only liable to one. Now, Hitzchil Rebbe Chia, Lord Rebbe Chia, began to explain himself. He says, We know that Tuma, every, all Kohanim are forbidden to serve in the base of Mikdash while Tomei. And this, that there's sometimes a leniency to serve in a base amigdash, while Tomei is for Kohanim Tamimim. Oh, that's the, that's the word for Kohanim. The Kohanim Tamimim Hutra Velola Baalei Mumim, but it was never permitted to the Baalei Mumim. So what are the Baalei Mumim transgressing? Tumah was never, this that Jalad is serving the base amigdash as someone who's Tomei was never permitted to a Baalei So he transgresses serving the base amigdash while Tomei and and, and a kohen with a mum serving in the base of Midash. Yeish kan mishum bale mumim, yeish kan mishum tuma. Hitchubar kapora lodum, bar kapora began to explain himself. He says, tuma la kol nesro kushe hutra be migdash hutra, ain kan ele mishum bal mum. He says, no. In when majority of an Israel are Tomei, then the isur of serving in the base of Midash while Tomei falls away. So the only isur that this kohen has is that he's a bal mum doing the temple service, which he's not allowed to do. So therefore he's only liable to one. A third scenario where they have this machloikas. Zersha achal melika. If you have a non-kohen who eats melika, what's melika? Remember, for bird korbonas, the kohen takes his nail and he puts it through the back of the neck. Now, except, and if it's a korban chattis, the kohenim eat it. Now, for any other person, that's not shchita. A bird needs shchita, you need to do shchita from the front. This would actually make it going from the back, like with this, would make it an availer. So what happens if you have a non-Kohen who eats a Chathasa'of that was shechted with Melika? On the one hand, it's a Chathasa'of and that's how you do the Shechita. On the other hand, he was, he's a non-Kohen, he's never allowed to eat it. So let's see, so says, yeah. So Zesha'ach Melika, if you have a non-Kohen who eats this, game, Melika, this Korban was shechted with Melika, the two possibilities are, it's Nevela, because it was done through Melika, and the other possibility is, and the other 
possible isur is that he's a non kohen he's not allowed to eat it. So Rebichia says he's liable to one, and Bar Kapora says no, he's only liable to. Sorry, Rebichia says he's liable to two, and Bar Kapora says only one. This kafat Rebichia v'nishma avoda kachshomati mirebishtaim v'kafat Bar Kapora v'nishma avoda kachshomati mirebiachas. Rebichia jumped up and he said, "I take a swear by the temple service that Rebi said you're liable to two, and Bar Kapora says, well, I swear by the temple service that you only Rebi said you're only liable to one." So hitchil Rebichia lo do nevele lekol nesra nevele is forbidden to everyone. Ukoshehutra b'migdash eitzel kahanim, and in this case, it was permitted to the Kohanim in the base Amidash. Hutra le Kohanim, Hutra, Eitzel Kohanim, Hutra. Le Kohanim, Hutra, Velo Lazarim. It was only permitted to Kohanim. This bird, shechted like this, was only permitted to Kohanim. Velo Lazarim, not to Zarim. So Yeshkam Mishum Zaris, for Yeshkam Mishum Malika. We have here the Isur of a non Kohen eating it, and we also have the Isur of the Vela, non Kohen eating Malika. Hitzel Bakapora Lotu. Kapora said, no, this is how you analyze it. Nevele, look on Nesra, Kishutra, B'migdash, Hutra. Nevele is forbidden to everyone, but when they permitted in the base Amigdash, I Bamelika, it became permitted to everyone. So, and Kan Elamishum Zoro. So, the only Isur here is a non coin eating it. So, the Gemara asks, and we'll leave it with this question, but Maikamiflegi, what are they arguing based on? And then, just to show the next, not to discuss it, but to just to show how it's tied into the previous line, the Isur Kailo, the Libidiribiosi. It's regarding Isra Koilel and in Rebbe Yossi. Ah, what does Rebbe Yossi hold regarding Isra Koilel? But we'll have to leave that for Shabbos. But just the Rishonim point out, wait, what's the question here? We had three cases where Rebbe Chia and Bar Kapora argued. And they gave their reasoning. The one said, well, when Shabbos was, per- when Avoid in the base Amidash was permitted on Shabbos, it's only for Kahane. And therefore... It's there, and Alan says no. When Shabbos was permitted in the base of Midrash, it was permitted. His only issue is that he's a non-coin in the base of Midrash. But so they've already told us what the Machlokes is. So what is what's the question of my Kamifligi? So Tosos Yishonim on the page says, he says no. This is not their main reason. It's and because each one's kind of equal, they both made sense. Why is one? Why are they so confident in their way because of this rationalization? When it's two ways of looking. Two ways of looking at it, and seemingly two valid ways. So there must have been a deeper level. The other is showing him bringing that, um, um, they're quoting from Rebbe, saying Rebbe told me two, and Rebbe told me one. There's not a chance that Rebbe Chia and Bar Kapora, two great great Talmidei Chachamim, would get such an obvious thing wrong. Did Rebbe say two or one? They must be basing it on another machlokes. And how they understood Rebbe in that scenario. It's too obvious for them to make such. Rebbe said this, Rebbe said that, and one of them's very clearly wrong. Um, and then, just interesting, the Tosos Harosh says, and this is just an important thing to be aware of the Gemara, says the Gemara knows. The Gemara knows what they're arguing based on. It, it knows where it's going. And it knows that it's based on the Machloikes of Rebbe Yossi and Isuchal Isur, and as we'll, as we'll see the discussion of the Shabbos. Um, but, so those are just uh, the basic, the raw reasoning, but in, uh, and it's just to get you thinking. But r- really, the, the Gomorrah knows that's not what they were debating, and it's going to come on to what they were debating. Okay, have a very good Shabbos.